Welcome to Prophetic Leadership, a podcast delivering strategies and insights to help you accurately hear God's voice and to powerfully lead your sphere of influence. Now, your host, David Fang. Hello, and thank you so much for joining us on this edition of the Prophetic Leadership Podcast. My name is David Fang, and in this episode, we're going to sit down with Jermaine Francis about a new book that he released titled Break Up With Defeat, Recognizing and Shattering Hidden Mindsets That Defeat You. It's an incredible book. I had a chance to read it, and it really blessed my life. And we've actually been getting feedback from a lot of people who have read his book that have implemented what is listed in there and have seen tremendous results and tremendous breakthrough. Jermaine and his wife, Rebecca, are on staff at Christian International, as well as travel out to be able to train people to hear God's voice, to develop some strategic strategies to break through in their lives. It's an incredible ministry that they operate in, and I am really honored to be able to sit down with Jermaine to unpack some of the points that he reveals inside of the book to hopefully be able to add value to you and provide some insight and revelation that will help you in your own journey to break through into the new season that God has for you. For any information that you need about resources or things mentioned in this podcast, you can visit our website at www.christianinternational.com for all that information. And with that said, let's go ahead and hop into the interview. Thank you guys so much for joining us on this episode of Prophetic Leadership. We're here with Jermaine Francis. Jermaine, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Awesome. I'm so glad to hear that. And we're discussing today a book that you released just this year called Break Up With Defeat. It's an amazing book. You actually were kind enough to sign your copy or my copy for me, which is hilarious because we've been like really good friends for over a decade. But I love your inscription. It says, thank you. For your friendship and your support. Yes. Jermaine Francis. That's all. What else is there to say? I, there's nothing left to say. I mean, that was that was hilarious. It was very formal of you. Yes. It was very formal. Thank you. So it's a really good book. And the subtitle is Recognize and Shatter Hidden Mindsets That Defeat You. I want to, before we get into some of the topics inside of this book, I wanted to ask you about why you wrote this book in the first place. Sure. That's a... I can. I'll start with the origins. Give us the origin stories. I was actually speaking at a youth conference and kind of doing some prophetic teaching, prophetic training, and kind of trying to get them, you know, really amped up, kind of who they are. And and it wasn't breaking through. It was like one of those things, like, oh my gosh, what's wrong with these people? Like, there was no response from the crowd at all. And I'm just like, dear God, I'm going to quit ministry. This is terrible. <laughs> These people aren't listening. I'm a terrible speaker. <laughs> and I'm sitting there thinking, like, what is wrong? So I start, like, praying at the same time, like, okay, Lord, what is going on? Like, why can't they break through? And the first thing the Lord kind of just put in my, my spirit was they're defeated. And I was mm. like, wow, okay, all right, what does that mean? And basically, like, what, what the Lord started speaking to me to that was they're, they were so defeated that it was hard for them to see victory that it was hard for them to even imagine the concepts I was preaching about victory and God's victory, that they couldn't even see it. They couldn't believe that it was true. They couldn't believe it was even for them. Mm-hmm. And so kind of in that moment, I realized, 
oh my gosh, there's so many people that's been defeated by the enemy, defeated by circumstance, defeated by life, defeated by all kinds of things, that because they've come to live under defeat, it's hard for them to really even understand or receive the victory that God has for them. So it's like if someone can't see the victory, then they can't receive it. You know, So you can't possess something that you can't even envision for yourself having or experiencing. So that was kind of like the wake up for me. And then looking at my own life and seeing areas where I had defeat and like, all right, I got to get out of this myself and break through into what God has for me. Wow. So it's like you saw and you heard how people didn't even have a framework for understanding what you were teaching about. Right. And so defeat is one of those things that you feel prevents people from accessing the victory and the freedom that God has. Right. So for you in writing this book and kind of like this journey of discovery that you had, um, I, it's a long process. It's a huge commitment to write a book. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about what that process was like in really developing these concepts, hearing from God and writing this stuff. Sure. So I kind of felt the stirring to, to, you know, to write the book and to really highlight some of these concepts. So I started, it took about a three-year process. So in the in my own process, I'm like hitting areas of defeat in myself as I start writing. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I wish there's a book about this. Oh yeah, I'm writing the book. <laughs> and so kind of like hitting walls in myself and hitting limitations and then really like praying about like, okay, God, what is wrong with me? What is this? And like realizing a lot of those limitations were the defeat of the enemy and were false things I believed about myself and having to choose to make a choice to let go of those things to really break through myself. So in the process of breaking through, I'm learning keys like, okay, this is what I had to do and kind of writing some stuff down and putting in the book. And like, you know, as I'm getting the victory myself, I'm writing this stuff down. And then there's parts where I kind of describe what what defeat is and how it kind of affects you. And I'm like... I didn't, th- that part I didn't research. I just really came from my own heart. My own, right. okay, this is what this feels like. This is what I'm experiencing. This is how this really feels. And like, and then I, as I pour it out, I'm realizing hearing pe- feedback now, like people say, oh my gosh, that describes how I feel. That describes what I've been through. And I'm wow. like, well, I just described what I felt, you know, or how I felt when I felt defeated and just describing those feelings and having to break through that myself. And that's kind of what I love when I experienced and as I was reading your book was that it really comes from a place of experience Mm -hmm. as opposed to something that's traditionally textbook. Sure. And I always love being able to read books like that because it's so rare nowadays. With the technology and all the things out there, it's very, very easy to become like a psychological expert just by hitting a Google search and figuring out some of this stuff. But what happens is that I feel like there's some, there's an awesome impartation that happens when you receive training and teaching from someone who not only knows about it from a psychological head knowledge, but from the heart is mm-hmm. able to release because they've also lived it themselves. Right. And so for you, like, what's an example of maybe one of the areas of defeat that you had to overcome that maybe stirred you in this place of discovery to write this book? So the process of writing the book in itself was, <laughs> it was a journey. Uh, because, you know, first, like, starting to write, and it's like, in my mind, I had this grand idea. Okay, this is gonna be this is gonna be just an easy process. Just write this out, get this out, and then once I start the process, it's like, oh my gosh, this is bigger than I thought. Right. <laughs> this is harder than I thought it was gonna be, 
and then hitting areas of resistance in myself like, mm. man, I don't feel like I'm a good writer. Man, I don't really know if I can do this. I don't know. Other people can write this. Maybe someone else should write this. Right. I write this. And going through this whole own internal struggle in my own self like, mm. should I be writing this? Do I really have anything to say about this? And kind of going like almost this back and forth internally, right. you know, and then realizing, okay, no, this is valuable. God called me to do this. I need to do this. And so choosing to believe God called me to do this and rising up even just above those feelings of feeling, man, I don't feel worthy to write this book or any of those kind of things. And being able to push past the, just the process of even writing this book was my own wow. process of breaking through defeat for myself. You know, So breaking through uh, areas of insecurity like, man, I don't feel like the best speller at times. <laughs> what if this book is just just wrong? You know, And all those kind of insecurities and be like, okay, I just got to do this You know, and not being limited by any fear or or any process like that. That's incredible. I always love hearing uh, the process that it takes to be able to write a book. And I love the fact that you were basically living what you were writing yes. as you were writing, yes. which is just so amazing. You know, one of the things that we learn very early on is the concept of in order to be able to defeat an enemy, you have to identify him. Yeah, absolutely. And you have to define it so that you know what you're coming against so you can break free. Yeah. So I love that in one of the early chapters of your book, you actually specifically go in and define what defeat is, right? Mm-hmm. So your your title is Break Up With Defeat. So we have to define what defeat right. looks like and what it is. Because in this world, it just seems like people kind of throw around the terminology and the phrase sure. without having a real understanding. So could you just really just break down and define a little bit about what defeat is? Sure, absolutely. And that's kind of one of the important things is like, you know, we may say words and everyone has a different background, you know, so a word might mean something totally different from someone who comes from a totally different background. So that's why I personally love defining words just to just to kind of create a framework that everyone has the same foundation, <laughs> the same understanding. And so kind of starting out with that concept of defeat, you know, we're breaking up with it. What, what are we breaking up with? What it, What is it exactly? So kind of through my process of defining defeat, it's really the, the simplest definition is the thing that really limits you and leaves you feeling like you can't do it. Mm-hmm. It, it leaves you stripped of power. <laughs> it leaves you stripped of feeling like you can accomplish something. It leaves you feeling like you don't have the ability. So it's really co- the concept of being at the mercy of someone else or something else. You know, if you play a sports team, there's, there's a winner and there's a loser. The defeated person is the one who didn't come out with victory. And so the concept of really of defeat is not just losing a battle and not just having a victory in a sports battle or some kind of battle, but it is when the concept of feeling almost like a loser is ingrained in you. So that's where where you define a defeat becomes almost like a lifestyle of yes. defeat. And yes. in the book, you term it as defeatism. Yeah. So kind of bring that into a little bit more clarity for me about living a life of defeat through defeatism. What does that look like? What are some of the symptoms? What? Sure. How do you know that you're living in it and what area of your life, et cetera? Sure. So basically that the easiest way to define it is if there are areas in your life that you do not think victory is possible. 
areas in your life that you feel like will never change, will never be the same. You're you're looking at your finances. You're like, well, I'll well, I'll always make this amount of money. I'll never break through financially. Where you're thinking, man, I see people going to other countries doing this. I'll never go there. I'll never do that. It's a concept of feeling like you can't do something. Like there's barriers that you're like, I will never overcome this, man. I can never do these and whatever. It may be different for any for all kinds of people. You know, it might be I'll never start a business. I'll I'll never preach. I'll never do the things God called me to do, whatever it may be. But if you can look at areas in your life and say, I'll never do that, and you can mm-hmm. come up with a list of 30 or 20 things of why you can't, that's defeat. Because before you even start pursuing a, a trying to accomplish the thing, you've got reasons why you can't. And that's where that's how defeat operates in our lives. It's that limiting factor that immediately comes up with excuses or reasons why we can't accomplish something or can't do something. You know, the Bible says we can do all things through Christ Jesus strengthens us. That means all things. <laughs> you know, it's not like some things, maybe, possibly, half things. But it really, it literally means all things. Mm-hmm. So the the point where we think we can't do something, that's defeat. Wow. And, you know, kind of along with that, it's interesting because the way that you're you're kind of communicating it, it's like if we pay attention to the words that we say. Mm-hmm, yeah. It becomes very evident about maybe the areas in our life where we are living a defeatist lifestyle. Yeah, absolutely. So for me, like, you know, we, we, one of the popular topics is talking about like weight loss, right? And I feel like you and I can relate and, and commiserate on this because we're both in our like fitness journeys. Right. But it's very interesting because sometimes, you know, when you talk with people and, and I found this in myself too, is, you know, we're all, when somebody comes and it's almost like, just like you said, where it's like, you say, oh man, you know, you should do this or, or you should go ahead and accomplish that. And, you know, in my life, it was about the fitness journey. Mm-hmm. And it was amazing because when people would come to me and talk about the possibility of getting healthy, I always had like that little, little batch of excuses that I would sure. use about why I wasn't able to do it right, right then or right there. And, you know, I'd be like, oh, you know, I, I'd love to. I just don't have the time. I would love to, but I just can't do it because I don't have the discipline to or all of these different right. um, excuses. And so for me, like even reading your book, I was like, man, let me think about some of those areas where like I, ca- I have like just a bag of excuses ready to <laughs> right. go, you know, as to why something won't happen. In your life with with identifying this and you work with a lot of people in to be able to do this. Are there any ways besides hearing the words that you say that are good at being able to identify areas of defeatism besides the words you say? Um, I would probably also say areas of fear, you know, where you can definitely, one is for sure the words that's coming out of your mouth, like you're Mm -hmm. going to say what you can and can't do. And then also areas where you feel like you feel afraid to step out in those areas. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Areas where you feel limited by fear, like, man, I can't do this. And and immediately a fearful feeling rises up inside of you that limits you. That pit in your stomach and that almost that sense of dread that comes in uh, when you think about certain things. Now, another area that a lot of times we have some of these these situations of a defeatist lifestyle is with family. Oh, sure. And that's a huge thing. Yeah. Because there's some of us that, you know, our family members and our relatives have been the same way for decades, yeah. right? They're the same way at our family gatherings, at our reunions. And it's very easy to be able to get into just the habit of dismissing the possibility of growth and transformation happening even in our family relationships. Yeah. 
And it's just so sinister, this whole defeatism thing, which is I'm just so excited to be able to kind of unpack it and define it more in terms of like things that limit you. Mm-hmm. Because it's not just like you're laying on the floor and you're bloody, you know, and you've been defeated in a street fight right. or something. It's like, no, it's it's really more subtle than that. Right. And situations seem to try to make us numb yeah. to the reality of what defeat really is. So where do you see is the origin of defeat? Why are we in this place where we are living in a culture of defeat? Even in Christianity, sure. there's so many of us living in defeat. Where did this all happen or come from? Sure. So we have to obviously look at Scripture, you know, as as, as our source. And so defeat really comes from the enemy. It really comes from uh, Satan, basically. So if we look through Scripture, we always see that God is victorious. No matter what what situation or what circumstance, so we, we have to understand the framework of God is, is, is a God of victory. He's always victorious. He's never lost a battle. He's never been afraid. He's never been insecure. There's nothing he's ever said, I can't do that. <laughs> he's not limited by any force except himself. You know, so God limits Himself by saying, "I won't." They're the rules that, that and principles I set up, and so God is in complete victory and complete control. But the enemy is not. You know, and the enemy's defeated. <laughs> the enemy is the one who is defeated. The enemy is the one who's lost his place, lost his authority in God, lost his place in the kingdom, and and really, you know, if you, if you study Scripture, you know how God kicked Lucifer out of heaven and 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 that whole history. So the enemy is defeated. So he, defeat belongs to Him. Mm. And God declares defeat against the enemy continually. So, so when we get into a place of defeat, we really come into the enemy's territory. We come into his his atmosphere. We come into wow. in, into his into his land, into his region, and we're, we're like operating in his land. And basically, that his his atmosphere is defeat. What what surrounds him is defeat. What 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 fills him is defeat because he is defeated. And so, when we take on defeat and it becomes a part of us, it's areas in our hearts where basically we've chosen to believe the enemy over God. Mm. And those are the open doors that let defeat operate inside of us. So, if God said He's called you to be a prophet to the nations, or He's called you to start a business, or He's called you to do something that that's like way out of your understanding or your concept, and then you start questioning it, you now on the enemy's territory because now you're choosing to believe the enemy over where God spoke, mm. and so that brings that that opens that's an open door of defeat into our lives, and and causes us to doubt in all kinds of areas, causes us to be fearful in all kinds of areas, and it causes us to really be in the enemy's territory of of defeat. Mm. That is incredible because the way that you just described it was basically where it depends on what inheritance we're participating in. Yeah. So the inheritance that God's given us is life, is redemption, is freedom. Absolutely. And so for many of us, there are some areas where we're participating in the wrong inheritance from the wrong source. Yeah. And we're taking the wrong portion from the wrong person. Mm Mm-hmm. With this particular area of breaking through defeat, I think you kind of touched on it there where defeat, one of the greatest casualties of defeat is that it hampers and hinders you from achieving your destiny. Yeah. Can you speak a little bit about how if we don't manage defeat now in maybe seemingly insignificant areas, how that can contribute to how it affects our are us achieving our destiny? Sure, absolutely. You know, if we look at the Bible, there's a the scripture where God lives, leads the children of Israel, you know, out of Egypt and, and into a place of freedom. And, you know, at one point God tells them to go survey the land, you know, and, and they go and they survey the land. 
and a couple of the spies come back and say, yeah, we can take it. And the rest are basically like, we can't do this. We're defeated. There's no way. There are giants in that land. There's there's no way we can win. And basically the, Bible, the scripture says, this is the craziest thing. Basically, God outweights an entire generation. He, he outlasts them, basically. He waits till they all die before he brings them into the promise, before he brings the next generation to the promised land. Oh, wow. Because they had defeat in their hearts. Mm. Because they looked at the enemy and thought they couldn't win. And basically, God's like, all right, that's fine, no problem. I'm God, I'm eternal, so I'll just wait you out <laughs> until you die. <laughs> and he waits out an entire generation until they die before he brings the next generation into the original promise that he had for the first generation. And so because they didn't get rid of their defeat, they let it become Mm. a part of them, God wouldn't allow them to come into the promised land with defeat still inside of them. And they weren't willing to get rid of it. Wow. And you bringing up that example of like the spies and the children of Israel, they really had kind of that culture of defeatism in them. Yeah, yeah. Like they went in, it almost feels like they went in expecting to see the negative and right. to see the impossibility right. as opposed to what Joshua and Caleb saw. Right. And that's just incredible. So part of what you mentioned in this chapter about defeat is that living in defeat is slavery. It is, yes. And in another chapter in your book, you talk about the slavery mentality. Yes. Break that down for us. Um, so basically... Uh, the slavery. If we, I'll explain. Just the slavery system. You know, we, we've we've had slavery in the United States. You know, mm-hmm. with the African American community, and and so if you look, if you understand slavery in that concept, it is basically people are brought into work and to operate in a structure that they they don't have any freedom in. They have no choice. They have no ability to choose. They basically have to follow the rules that set set in force for them. And if they break the rules, there's usually consequences that's influenced against them. Either food will be taken away or they're actually physically abused. And so they're they're conditioned in a system of slavery where they learn they now learn the rules of how to survive based on this system. So in slavery system in slavery. In the slavery system, you survive by you work when they tell you to work, and you can rest when they tell you to rest. If you break any of those rules, there are punishment, there are consequences. So as human beings, we all want to survive, right? So yeah. you know, as you learn the system of, okay, I'm going to survive, you follow the rules. And so you, you st- it basically causes you to stop dreaming. You stop having a desire to for freedom because you're like, every time I think about freedom or I try to get free, there are consequences that hinder me. And so no lo- you no longer dream for freedom. You no longer desire to be set free. You just desire, okay, I'm just going to function in this system. And so, you know, that's how it works naturally. But that's the same way it works in our souls and in the spirit is, is the enemy has tried to put things in our lives that, that if we step out against them, that we feel a bit of resistance. And then we're like, okay, well, I don't want to do that. I don't want to push against resistance. I don't right. want to push against and fight against those things. But what we don't realize is there's freedom on the other side of just pushing against that little bit of resistance that's there. Mm-hmm. And so a story that that I have in the book, which was, was a fascinating story, it was about a young man who was talking to his grandfather who grew up in slavery. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you know, explain slavery to me. What was it like? How did it feel? You know, explain, like, I've read the history, but I want to know the heart of it. Like, as a slave, what did you feel? What did you experience? And then the grandfather, you know, the the kid was questioned, like, why didn't people run away? Why didn't people, there was more slaves than there was. You know, why didn't they just revolt, you know, and and run away? And the grandfather said a statement that that surprised me when I read it. And the grandfather said, the slaves did not want freedom. 
they, they've been in the slavery system for so long, they no longer desired freedom. What they desired was to become master in the slavery system. Whoa. They didn't want to be set free from being slaves. They wanted to live in the big house, and they wanted to oppress others and become the master in the system of slavery. Because that's all they've known, that's all they've seen, so their only dream was to reach the top of the slavery system. Not to break out of it, but to stay in the system and just become the master of the system. So the people who suffered at the hands of slavery, at some point, they wanted to become the propagators of the slavery mentality and culture. Exactly. And it's crazy because it seems like a lot of us unwittingly see around us people who do the same thing. Yeah. They, they have lived in this slavery mentality for so long. Now they seek to put this slavery mentality on those around them. Right. That's kind of why like people who are, are extremely negative can be so toxic. Oh, yes. Because they're actually cultivating a culture right. that is very contrary to what God wants. Right. I love, because this, this quote that you have in the book by Harriet Tubman is just so, so impressive to me, just even along with the story that you said, where they were so impressed that she had helped free so many slaves And she says, I freed a thousand slaves. I would have freed a thousand more if only they knew that they were slaves. Yeah. And this is just so crazy to me that because of the culture we live in, because of the enemy doing what he's doing, Mm -hmm. it has become almost such a natural way of life that we are living in many areas a culture of defeat and don't even realize it. Right. And sometimes it's crazy to me. And sometimes. We can def- disguise defeat as wisdom. Ooh. You know, when people are like, man, I've got this great idea to, to mm-hmm. step out and to do this thing. And then you have like 15 people that tell you why you can't do it. And it's like they're operating in the slavery system wow. because a lot of them have given up on their own dreams. Wow. And because if, if they see someone pursuing their dreams or they see someone breaking out of the system, in one sense, it kind of angers them because they're like, man, I could have broken out, but I didn't. So I don't want you to break out. Right. And in one sense, they kind of are pulling each other back and, 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 and enforcing that slavery system and limiting people. And they might say, no, nah, it's wisdom not to step out in that way. It's wisdom to wait till you have all this before you start a business. Or it's wisdom if you, you know, and they say it's wisdom. But in one sense, they're coming from their own place of fear, their own place of shame, of feeling like they didn't do what they know they could do. And, they, right. and they're like enforcing that slavery system. And that is just insane. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm just thinking about because, and especially with us that live in a prophetic culture, sure. this is so important for us to make sure that this defeatism, this slavery mentality is really cleansed from our life because otherwise it contains what we're hearing God saying Absolutely. and it could essentially possibly derail a lot of people. Yeah. Because we might be saying, I really feel God is saying this. Mm-hmm. But it might be mixed in with our own personal residue of slavery mentality and defeatism, right. you know, and, and that's kind of, that's crazy to me. Yeah. I mean, this is so insidious. Yeah. With the slavery mentality, it's the point that you made where you were talking about how sometimes you become so ingrained into the culture that eventually you no longer desire to break out. Mm-hmm. What do you say to somebody? If you see this person who's ingrained in the culture and actually has no desire to break through, yeah. have you found anything 
that has helped them be able to wake up and really start having a will to fight again? I'd say yes. It, it's difficult, but I think the the what needs to be done in that situation is the the consistent application of truth. Mm-hmm. And so you might hear something one time, you're like, okay, but it's it's kind of like that uh, battle ram effect. You know, right. they've built up a, a, a fort around them of of lies or darkness or 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 what they think is possible or that system of slavery. And so it's kind of like you got to use that battle ram effect where you keep hitting them repeatedly with truth after truth after truth. And eventually, I think it begins to start to wear away and, and, and break through. So it's, you know, declaring what God's saying about them. Now, you can do this, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and speaking the truth and speaking life and, 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 and declaring constantly. And our mentor, Prophet Bill Lackey, one thing he says about uh, prophesying to someone who has a lot of walls. He says, sometimes you have to prophesy over the walls <laughs> yeah, and and not not go directly into it, but begin to drop those truth bombs into it, into inside right. you know, and letting begin to impact their heart so that way it can begin to work its way out. And I think that's probably one of the key is is con- consistently saying what, what God is saying. You know, even when you're looking at this person, you're thinking this person has no desire to believe this or want this, but you just keep declaring it and declaring it. And eventually, I know God's words are powerful, you know, so eventually it begins to wear away and has an effect. That's so important because there's so there, we all have people we care about, right? We all have friends, we have family and people that have really bought into this particular system of slavery, don't know that they're enslaved and are perfectly happy living that life because that's what they think that they're capable of. That's that's the max of what they can expect from life. So that's where like the prophetic is so important. Absolutely. I mean, Jermaine, like we've seen so many times like uh, where we prophesy over somebody and there's something about the transformative power of the Holy Spirit when he comes in through a prophetic word to unlock and do things that even human-wise, like we wouldn't be able to even <laughs> comprehend, right? right? You could do like a dozen hours in a psychological counseling session and not get right. nearly the amount of breakthrough you get from just a few sentences from God yeah. spoken through somebody, one of his vessels, one of the people yeah. that he speaks to. And, you know, for you, you've had a chance to prophesy over a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Can you share with me an example where you've seen literally the walls come down as you prophesied to somebody? Yeah. Um, There's actually, this was several years ago, I was at a youth conference, and I I ministered to a young man and basically told him, you know, God's going to use him in in the entertainment industry and God's going to really cause him to to own some things in a massive way in the entertainment world, have a huge impact in the entertainment industry. And honestly, I didn't, I mean, I didn't know this kid from anyone, you know, at at this youth event. And so just prophesied that to him and just, you know, moved on. And so years later, I used to go back to that youth conference and he'd come and he'd say, man, that word you gave me, I didn't think I could do that. I didn't think that was possible. I didn't think that was, that was for me. And he said, I've listened to that word over and over and over and it's impacted me so many, so much. And I was like, you know, and I was like, that was like that. Wow, that's amazing. That's cool. And so through the years, I've, I've interacted with him several times. And right now, he's actually a model in New York. He, he's literally been traveling the world in the last two years. He's probably been to every continent. He's been in New York Fashion Week. He's been in Paris Fashion Week. He's been on some of the top fashion fashion and modeling stages in in the world. Wow. And, you know, he sent me messages and, I've, you know, I've talked with him since. And he basically is saying, that word that you gave me basically unlocked my confidence 
And I'm doing all of this right now because of that word. And he said, "Wow." He said that when you gave me that word, I didn't even think those things were possible for me. Wow. And I mean, seeing him do this stuff, like I'm, I'm shocked watching. I was like, "Sure, how did he end up there? <laughs> what? <laughs> how do? You, how is he a model? I mean, he's he's an all right looking guy. I'm just, saying. <laughs> but, I'm just but in my mind, I'm just thinking, what in the world? Like, how did this happen? Right. Like, I'm surprised of the impact the word of the Lord has had. Like, I'm just watching God do what God intended to do, just by speaking and releasing God's mm-hmm. heart to him, and it, it's really unlocking his destiny. Now he's doing amazing things in the entertainment world, and I'm just, I'm. Blown Blown away, and he's blown away. He's like, I was like, oh my gosh, thank you for that word. It's really watching this continually affect his life, like changing him from a place of of living in a, in a small little town in Mississippi where no one right. goes anywhere except that town, you know. And this kid has literally gone around the world. He's broken out of every limitation. He's broken out of what he thought was possible, hmm. and now the world is his stage. That's why the prophetic is so important, yeah, especially now, because if you really just went up and was like, I'm just going to encourage this young man Yeah. without hearing from God. I mean, in reality, you would have a hard time sure. envisioning that. Oh, absolutely. And yet when you get the mind of God and you speak what his heart is saying, it's amazing how that can be the key to mm-hmm. begin to unlock people and shake them out of this defeatism and this slavery type yes. mentality. Yeah. He was a slave to the limiting beliefs. Right. To even just his finite understanding of what was possible. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that defeatism can just hang out in our life just because we don't know what's possible. Right. And, you know, that's just that's just amazing because, you know, you prophesied to him. It began to shift. But I love his response. I love that in no part of the story were you like, he was like, there's no way in anything that it's going to happen. Sure. It seemed like he was open to the possibility. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's kind of like uh, something that's required of us. Yeah. We have to be willing to be open to the possibility. Right. And I think he was he was open to, to God. Yeah. You know, so he, he to, in some understanding, he had some understanding of the prophetic understanding. Okay, if God said this, then mm-hmm. this is possible. You know, and I think that's the first step in so many of the areas of our life is— right. When we start to believe God, yeah. <laughs> you know, when we like, okay, God said this, this, this is possible. There's, there's an open door for this. This can happen, you know? Yeah. And so with that, I think it's, I want to kind of address this area because I think that there's a lot of us that are listening that have people in our lives that we want to be able to release life to, mm-hmm. to begin to see them break out of defeatism and slavery. Yeah. And so let's kind of like, let's go back and forth. Let's figure out, let's, let's figure out a good strategy something that they can be able to take tangibly to be able to put into practice so that they can consistently press and push to be able to see transformation happen in these people's lives. So um, for me, I think the key building block is hearing God's voice, right? Absolutely, yeah. Um, And then the second thing is releasing God's voice. Yeah. Now, how you release God's word can be almost as important as what you heard. Yes, it's true. So when you are impacting and connecting with people that are in a defeatist area Mm -hmm. and you hear God's voice in his word, 
What are some keys that you've experienced that are the best way to be able to deliver that word to them where they can accept it? Sure. So I think it, it all has to do with setting, you know, mm-hmm. what kind of setting you're in. If you're if you're kind of in a ministry setting where prophecy is happening, then you can just, you know, directly prophesy. But if you're not in a ministry setting, if you're, you know, meeting someone or just a friend or, or in a, some other, other kind of setting, right. I think the key would be, you know, just, just speaking that encouraging word mm. constantly to them. You don't have to put the Lord, the spirit of the sovereign Lord came on right. me and I ascended and, you know, right. and, and then give this incredible word. But you can immediately be like, you know, man, I just feel like there's a lot of creativity inside of you. Yeah. And I see you step out somewhere. I feel like you should step out in those areas more. Wow. You know, and, and just simple stuff like that, that the person might be like, you're right. I do have some creativity in me, you know? Yeah. And so first I do agree, you know, the first thing is hear what, hear what God's saying about the person, mm-hmm. you know? And then have a strategy how to d- deliver it, you know. So every right. time you see them, you might say that. Every time you see them, you might say that creativity thing, bring that up again or, yeah. or whatever whatever it is and constantly, you know, be reinforcing that. And then all of a sudden, they'll start associating it with you every time they come around. Uh-huh. You're saying, I'm creative. Oh, my gosh. You know what I mean? So exactly. you become an embodiment of the word of the Lord to them. So when they get around you, they know they're going to be encouraged. They know wow. that's what they're going to receive from you. And when that begins to happen, it's amazing because then we see opportunities. Mm-hmm. to be able to partner with transformation in their life. Yeah. And so even as as you we're being that embodiment of God's voice to them in that situation and season, it's going to be important for us to look for the opportunities yeah. to begin to transact and bring breakthrough. That's good. And even in some practical levels, you know, which which is really cool. Maybe even some keys for wisdom for this would be, you know, even though it's going to take longer than you anticipate. Yeah. I think sometimes we get this vision in our minds where we're going to like the heavens are going to open and the yeah. first time we release the word to somebody, it's all going to shift. Right, and, right. and that can happen. And we've yeah. seen that happen. Yeah. But more often than not, like you're saying, it's like repeated, continual releasing of the truth in life. Yeah. And eventually it begins to break through. So the key would be not to get discouraged. Yeah. And I think that goes back to even not only hearing what God's saying, but seeing what he sees mm-hmm. in that person and just unwaveringly connecting to that. Yeah. The other thing is also as much as what you do away from that person. Sure. That prayer life, the decrees and the declarations. Mm-hmm. Now, we're, we're, we're big on decrees and declarations mm-hmm. here at Christian yes. International. That's I mean, we, we're, we go to war. Like it's we go to town. blood. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So what are some examples of some declarations that people could be able to speak over that person's life, even as they're praying for them? Sure. Uh, so when we talk about declarations, we're basically talking about partnering with God mm-hmm. and partnering with what God is saying. And so when we open our mouth and when we declare and when we decree them, we're partnering with what God's saying about that person. So, you know, if we're, if we're declaring this person is creative, if we're declaring this person, you know, we're just saying, God, you're unlocking their creativity. You're awakening their creativity. We right. just declare And you continue just partnering with God that you're decreeing it so that God can back up the word that you're declaring. Mm, I love it. So I think we've given some good keys here. Yeah. Get the word of the Lord. Continually repeating and speaking that into the person's life. And three cultivating a culture of prayer and basking that thing in decrees and declarations to see change. Jermaine, like this book is amazing. We've only really scratched the surface on this book and we're going to have this book available on our online shopping cart over at christianinternational.com if you want to purchase your copy. But Jermaine, also let us know 
about how the people can find out more about you and connect with yours and Rebecca's ministry. Sure. <clears throat> Uh, you can go to our website, jermaineandrebecca.com. Uh, Do you spell out the word and A and D? And then on our website, we've got uh, just, just some different resources. We've got some blog, blog articles on there. And also, if you go on there, we'll give you actually the first five chapters of the book for free. Oh, just awesome. So you can go ahead and download that just so that it'll really open your eyes and kind of be really open you up to what God has for you, you know, mm. and then uh, just, just something I want to get into your hands just to kind of awaken that process of you being free from defeat. And uh, the chapter that we discussed and the topic of defeatism and then the slavery mentality, those are actually included in the first five chapters. Yes, they so are, yes. I just recommend that anybody who can just hop on the website and go ahead and download the first five chapters. So you can kind of go in depth with a lot of the examples that Jermaine's put in there and some of the keys that he's included uh, that were outside the scope of this podcast, but that will be a tremendous blessing to you. Um, Jermaine, as we wrap up, could you just go ahead and pray over all of us that are listening? Absolutely. Um, that we can be able to break out of defeat Absolutely. and enter into the freedom. Yes. So, Father, right now, we thank you that you are a God of victory. And, Lord, we thank you that you've invited us into your victory. So, Lord, I just declare over every person that's listening, even as they've been listening, they've been identifying areas in their own hearts. They've been identifying areas in their own lives where they feel defeat has been in operation. So, Lord, I just thank you for a grace and a wisdom coming to them even now to break out and to break free. So, Lord, I declare let the blinders fall off of their eyes. Let there be an awakening to their hearts, an awakening awakening to their purpose, an awakening to their destiny, an awakening to what is possible. So, Lord, I thank you. You're giving them a mind and an understanding to see the impossible and to expect the impossible for their lives. So, Lord, I declare there's a breaking off of defeat even now and a breaking free into the victory that you have for them right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Jermaine, thank you so much for joining us, and we'll catch you on the next one. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Prophetic Leadership, a part of Christian International Ministries. For more information on conferences, training intensives, and other resources to help make a powerful difference, please visit our website at christianinternational.com.